Welcome to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. My name is Elizabeth and I am a mom of three boys. My goal here is to educate you intentional ways that you can become an emotionally healthy mom. Ways that you can break destructive patterns that have been happening for years and how you can leave an emotionally healthy legacy with your children. Hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies. Today, I want to talk about things that I am doing ahead of time and working on so I can prepare mentally and emotionally for postpartum. I will have a baby girl in July. Uh, July 8th is this, is my scheduled C-section, and I will talk a little bit about why I'm having a scheduled C-section, if that's interesting to you. Um, but also, I want to make my postpartum season the least stressful that I can with what I have. Knowing that my husband will be home probably for a week and a half to two weeks, and then he's going to have to go back to work. And then I have three boys and a newborn, and I will have a C-section, and it's going to be a big transition. So I just want to tell you a little bit about my birth stories with my children. So my first one was a regular hospital birth that was nine and a half years ago, and I just had a very long labor, ended up just having failure to progress, and then they just decided to have a C-section. Once they started to get me ready for the C-section, I started to feel a lot of pressure, like a watermelon is coming out, and I wanted to push, but they told me not to push anymore. And I remember telling my husband, I can't stop pushing, I can't stop pushing, And I was told that when the baby was coming out, he was looking with his head up, so with his chin up, so he was coming out a little bit, you know, in a in a more challenging way, and that's why he couldn't come through. So they said, that's why we need to do a C-section, and I wonder if he just tucked his chin down, and that's when I felt all the pressure. Anyways... By the time they took me down to the C-section, my epidural wasn't working anymore. It was wearing off and they just did general anesthesia and I didn't get to, you know, hear him being born. I only woke up a couple hours later and I was in a different room and I asked, who did I have? And they told me, oh, you had a boy because we did not find out before we had the baby. And by the time they brought me upstairs, my my mom was there, and then my mother-in-law was there, and my sister-in-law was there, and they all got to hold my baby before me. And I remember that was so emotionally hard for me. That was like, I don't know. I know that now, almost 10 years later, it really doesn't matter. But you know, when you are in the midst of it and you're experiencing it, it does matter to you. You want to be the first one to hold your baby, not other family members. Okay, I get it, your spouse. You know, they're fa- the father of the baby, but not other people. <laughs> Even though I do like my mother-in-law and my mom, I just didn't want them to hold the baby before me. And when I saw it on video, it was just very, very difficult for me. And so when I got pregnant with my second son, I came across this documentary. It's called um, The Business of Being Born. And I learned a lot from there. And then there's a second part of it, more business of being born. And it has to do with, you know, 
you know, doing a natural birth and like a home birth and just them showing what a home birth was really like and just the whole experience with it. I'm like, that's what I want. That is what I want. That's the experience I want. I want to be able to pull my baby out. I want to be able to put the baby on my chest and be the first one to hold the baby. Like that is what I want. I want this calm, peaceful environment. I, you know, hospitals give me anxiety. I don't like being there. I feel really restless. I want to get out. I don't like the smell of the hospital. Anyways, all of that. I was just not too crazy about my experience with my first. And so I wanted to do things completely different. And I had a home birth with my second son, who we also did not find out who we were having. So it was another boy. And the thing was with him is that when I had a pool set up in the living room, like a birth pool, and his head came out and then his shoulders got stuck and I pushed and nothing happens and I push and nothing happens and I change position and I push and nothing happens and the midwives ended up like one of them um, pushed a little bit on my tummy above and the other one pulled the baby out and they still put him on my chest and I still was kind of like the first one to hold him but it was somewhat traumatic um, to me and the baby Besides that part, I really enjoyed everything else of a home birth. I was able to get out of the pool. Um, They put a bunch of towels on the couch and I was able to lay down and just hold the baby and just bond with him and nurse him. It was just amazing. I loved the rest of the experience. They cleaned everything up. They made me a meal. They checked the baby out. They let us they let us be home and rest and then they left and came back the next day and then three days later and a week later I didn't have to go anywhere I don't know I just I love the whole experience of giving birth at home and just going to bed in your own bed afterwards and not having to go anywhere the only part I did not like is that my baby got stuck and um, talking to the midwives afterwards And I asked them, you know, on a level zero to 10, how bad did my, you know, baby get stuck in the sense of like zero is not stuck at all. 10 is like, we can't get him out. We have to pretty much push the head back in and go to the hospital and have a C-section. And they said he was a seven. So that was pretty severe. And when I got pregnant with my third, I was really kind of going back and forth. Should I have a home birth? Should I not? I really wanted a home birth again because I enjoyed the actual experience of a home birth. And my husband wanted me to have a C-section. He's like, well, if this happened with your second son, he was 8'3 when he was born at 38 weeks. He was a big baby. He said, well, it might happen again. And so I don't, it would probably, let's just do a C-section. I'm like, no, I really enjoyed giving, you know, the birth. Maybe it was just like, he was just too big of a baby. That that was the problem, you know. And that's kind of what the midwives thought too, that he was just a big baby for my body and that's why he got stuck. And when I talked to the midwives again, I said, I really want to have another home birth. I kept going back and forth with, you know, home birth or, you know, a C-section. 
but I ended up seeing the midwives again and they said, well, it's, he's probably just was a big baby and we're going to have to just monitor your, you know, diet towards the end to make sure you're not eating much sweets or carbs so the baby doesn't get really big. And that's what they did with him, though I was still part of me was nervous that he would get too big because with midwives and home birth, they don't induce labor. It's kind of like you're waiting for it to start on your own. You can do some home remedies, but it's not the same. And, and so I was getting nervous. I was getting nervous that he might also get stuck. And also my husband, right at that season in our life, he got done training for a flight attendant and he was... <laughs> He was flying and it was so, it's like, you don't know when you're going to go into labor and I don't know where he's going to be at and if he's going to make it home in time. Either way, I had two big fears for my birth. One was that my baby's going to get stuck again. And the second one was that my husband won't make it for the birth. And you know what? Both of them came true. <laughs> it's sad <laughs> to think back at, but both of them came true. My husband was on a trip. And, you know, as a newbie, you get like the worst hours and the worst trips. And I went into labor at like 9 p.m. at night. He was in a different state. The earliest he could get home was land around, I think, 8 or 7.30 a.m. or something or 8 a.m. And he, there was no way for him to get back to me in the middle of the night. He was in a completely different state. And anyways, I went into labor and I labored through the night. My midwives came, my mom came, um, my neighbor across the street, she was a photographer. She offered to take the birth photos. She came and everything was going well. The labor was, I believe it actually could have went even faster because part of me was mentally trying to stall the labor. I wanted my husband there. But when it came to the point where I could feel the baby's head, the midwives are like, you just got to do this on your own. <laughs> He's not going to make it. So the thing was, is like I was in the pool again. The baby was coming out. The baby's head came through and then it got stuck. And his shoulders got stuck. And they had me switch positions and push again and nothing happens. And push again and nothing happens. They had me switch probably like five different positions. They could not get the baby out. It got really, really scary. Um, I, The midwife that was trying to pull the baby out and the other one was behind me and I was leaning back on her and I could see the one in front of me and she's like, I can't get him out. We need to switch. She kept telling the other midwife, I can't get him out. We need to switch. And somehow part of me like obviously got scared, but part of me is like, we're going to find a way to get him out. We have to get him out because... That's what we have to do. They're going to get him out. And praise God, my mom said she couldn't watch anymore because the baby's head was all blue. She had to walk away into a different room and she was just praying out loud, Lord Jesus, please help this baby get out. And he did. And I was ended up being in a standing position and they just pulled him out. And it was scary. His head was all blue. He wasn't crying right away. But then he did start crying and everything was was okay. And praise God that nothing, there's no damage to him in any way. That was like very scary and traumatic. 
And I think both of my midwives really, really got scared. I don't think they've ever experienced such a severe situation where a baby got stuck. And he was 8'5", so he was a tiny bit bigger than my other one. And he was born at 39 weeks. I think my midwives were both really, really scared because about nine months postpartum after my son, I had them do an internal exam because I'm like, what is going on? Why do we, why do we think the babies got stuck? And they thought that if two of them got stuck like that, it might be possible that I have an abnormally shaped pelvis. So they did an internal exam nine months postpartum and they told me I have an abnormally shaped pelvis internally instead of it being kind of oval it's more like squished like a squished egg and it um, doesn't allow my kids to have room to turn their shoulders so even if I had a seven or six or pound baby they would still get stuck because the head comes out and the shoulders literally have no space to turn to get out and they told me that the safest option for me is to have a C-section with my following baby. And that was so hard for me to hear because honestly, I wanted to even become a doula. I really enjoyed, besides the process of my kids getting stuck, I really enjoyed having babies and birthing babies and then holding them right away and nursing them right away and being at home and my own comfort in my home, just the rest of the experience was so good that it was just really hard for me to mentally and emotionally accept it. I grieved it for a while. I was really sad that like my, I felt like my body was failing me, that I, that it's just not doing its job. And it was very discouraging and hard for me. Also, my midwife said, even if you ever decide to have an, another home birth, like we will not attend because we think this was very scary and very severe and we don't think it's going to be safe for you or the baby and the baby to have, you know, another home birth. So then like even them saying that because midwives, they're all pro, home, you know, like pro-natural birth and just having them say that like really put things in perspective how severely he got stuck and how I just yeah next time I have to have a c-section so this time around when I got pregnant I started seeing midwives at a birth center and um, also like met up with an OB that will be doing the c-section and I feel okay about it now i I wish I could still have a natural birth. I know that C-section will be a tougher recovery, but I've been told that if it's a planned C-section, typically the recovery process is easier because, you know, your body didn't go into labor ahead, of, you know, before the C-section. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. Either way, I just know it's going to be a big transition. There's going to be a lot to manage once the baby's born. And I will need help. If you're a mom that struggles with handling her challenging emotions in a healthy way, listen up. I got a tool for you. If you go in the show notes of this podcast, you will see a link where you can sign up for a five-day free mini course. And in that mini course, you get to learn actual practical things that you can do in the moment and outside of the moment to be more patient and calm so you're not as overwhelmed 
so you're not as stressed and actual ways to learn to de-stress yourself and calm your nervous system down. How often do we hear that we shouldn't react, we should respond? And the problem is, well, how? In the moment, I don't know how because I'm so overwhelmed and so triggered. In this mini course, you get to learn the how. I am so excited that I have these skills that I can share with you. So go in the show notes, click on the link, enter your email, and then you can start the five-day free mini course. So one of the things is that I will do ahead of time for myself, besides trying to clean the house and make it spotless. I don't know what it is with nesting, but it's like this thing that I have with all my pregnancies. I feel like every nook and cranny of my house has to be perfectly clean. I was wiping down the chairs and the walls last week, all the kitchen chairs, all the walls, the table. Like I want everything spotless and decluttered and just perfectly just so when the baby arrives. I don't know. It's like a thing. (laughs) I don't know if other moms experience it. It, Maybe it's just me. Anyway, so there are things that I will do ahead of time to help support myself because I have no idea if this is going to be an you know, a challenging baby who, you know, is colicky and is high maintenance, or if it's going to be a chill baby who it will be just, you know, sleep wherever and be a good sleeper and a good nurser. Like, I just don't know. We can't foresee that. And so there are things that I still want to do for myself to set myself up to make it a little bit less stressful, the transition period. And one of them is meal prep. So prep some meals ahead of time and make a list of super easy meals to make because that's my biggest stressor, meals. And my boys are hungry all the time. They constantly, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? I'm hungry. And so they're like, for me, I have like this keto oatmeal that I make and pre-make and I put it in mason jars and in there it's like shredded coconut and chia seeds and flax seeds and sesame seeds and hemp hearts and you know almonds and um, pecans and so it's cinnamon and so it's all mixed together and then you um, pour it into a saucepan and then you add some you know almond milk and you mix it together and it becomes kind of like this oatmeal fake oatmeal paste and just add some you know sweetener to it and it tastes really really good I actually really like it and I, I, when I make that, I make a bunch of jars, pre-make the mixture in a bunch of jars because it's all dry ingredients and then, you know, cook it on the stove and then it lasts me that jar makes about two of them when it expands and cooks and that lasts me about three to four breakfasts. So that is one of the things that I will do for myself. Um, have like a, maybe some frozen meals that I can do. Also having like a list of super easy meals, like having some either sausages and pasta that I can easily warm up. And in the summertime, um, my kids do eat more vegetables because my parents and in-laws have a garden. And so just having cucumbers and tomatoes as the main vegetable for dinner. And so I also... Like, I just want to make the meals simple for this season and just make a list. 
for myself of easy meals that I can make or my husband can easily make. Also, a meal train. My sister-in-law said she's going to be organizing a meal train for me. I personally, me, I have no problem accepting help when it comes to things like this. I'm like, I know I'm in a hard season. When I had my miscarriage and I had people bring me meals, like, I was totally fine with that. I did not feel like a failure at all that I had to be able to get all those things done myself. I have no problem accepting help in that area. And so people, you know, being having a meal train, I, I will totally accept that. I have my sister-in-law's organizing it. People from church offered to do a meal train. People from my kid's school offered a meal train. So I am totally open to that. Um, also making a list of things that like I need ahead of time for postpartum to make it a little bit easier for myself. I know that like I do get plug ducts, so I know the things that I need for that. There's some supplements that you can take. There are also like cabbage leaves and stuff like that, you know, a heating pad. So there's things that you can, you know, have prepped ahead of time. Also, having a list of people that I can ask for help with my boys. And I know that my mother-in-law will probably help a little bit. I know she has a lot going on in the summertime. My mom will help a little bit. My sister said she's going to be able to come and help. I have, you know, sister-in-laws maybe and some friends. I have a list of people in my life that I trust and I have good relationships with and that I have no problem asking for help. Also, when I do ask people for help, I say things like, I know you have a lot going on, so don't feel like you have, you know, the pressure to say yes. You can totally say no. I totally understand. So I try not to put that burden on people that they have to say yes to help me out, I do understand that there are times that people just can't, and that's to- totally fine with me. There are things that I will, you know, try to make it easier a little bit for myself. Like I used to cloth diaper my second and third. This baby, I'm not gonna cloth diaper. It's just extra work. It just is. If you have a cloth diaper, you know, <laughs> it's just extra work, and it's gonna add extra stress. And I don't want to add that to myself and on my plate. So I'm just not going to do it this time. I will, you know, if things are getting better and I'm recovering better, I will just take it easy with everything else in the house and realize that this is not the time to keep the house spotlessly clean. This is not the time to be able to keep up with everything. Just make it as simple and easy for myself and reduce that pressure. It's a mindset shift. I just have to do when people come over and they want to see the baby that's awesome that's great but I will not be hosting a meal for them I'm sorry if they have that expectation I don't know where it's coming from I think it's absolutely silly when you come and visit a mom with a newborn you should not be expecting her to make a meal for you if you want something to eat or drink Please do that ahead of time. Yeah, maybe she can get you some water, but that's about it. If you are visiting a new mom, you need to be coming with a meal yourself and offering her some help. That's kind of the perspective I come from. So, 
yes, having people that I can ask for help. Um, also, when it comes to right now with um, the podcast and the Instagram, the membership, the podcast, pre-record content. So then it's just able to come out automatically without me trying to feel like I'm behind on things and give myself a couple months with that. Of course, I cannot predict everything. I mean, if this baby is colicky or is just having a rough time breastfeeding or other things that, you know, just go off, <laughs> not like planned, I feel like it's life and I will have to adjust to it. But there are things that I can do a little bit ahead of time to support myself emotionally and mentally to make it a little bit easier. I personally like to declutter the home somewhat before the baby comes so there's just less extra stuff. I like to do that. So then it's less overwhelming. There's less things. I like to kind of organize things together just so the home feels better when you bring the baby home and it doesn't feel as chaotic and overwhelming. That helps me. Um, just also like when people come to visit and setting boundaries around that. It's like, yes, you can come for this period of time between this and this time, you know, and being okay with setting boundaries around that. I struggled with that in the past, but I feel like I'm getting better with it. It's like, I'm a new mom. I have a lot going on. I have a new baby. There's a lot to figure out and manage. And if people want to come and visit, that's awesome. I don't mind visiting with people. It is just sometimes it's not the right timing. And just, you know, kindly saying that I'd love for you to visit, but just not today. Today's not a good day. All right. So that was kind of my birth stories with my children. Obviously, we'll see how this one goes. Hopefully everything goes well without any complications and the recovery goes well but we can't predict everything so there are things that we can do and that is in our control like prepping ahead of time to make things more simple for us but there are things that are out of our control and we can't predict and we just deal with it as it comes hopefully a little bit of this information has been helpful for you and also if you struggled with having c-sections and you know, your natural birth now going as planned. I feel you. I understand. I understand how it feels in the sense of like you feel like you failed and your body failed you. But I just want to reassure you, you're not a failure. You tried your best. You did what you could. And there's different ways to birth a baby. And you do what is best for you. And it is what it is. And sometimes... We just need to accept life the way it comes at us because things happen out of our control and it's a mental shift that we need to do and just accept it and move forward. And you ladies have a wonderful day. I'll see you next time.